Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the word of God. Father, we thank you now. For you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son who died for our sin in our place but defeated death and rose again. Now we're celebrating this victory for over 2,000 years. And in this moment, we just say thank you. Thank you for the new life that comes through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the new creation that I am in Jesus Christ. Thank you that I don't have to go back. I don't have to turn around. I don't have to keep staring over my shoulder at what I was. But here's what I'm really grateful for. I'm so changed that I don't ever have to become what I could have been. I do not have to become what I could have been. What my family was, I don't have to turn out to be. The things they did, the places they went, the the, the atrocities they committed, that's not for my destiny. That's not for my future. God's got better for me. And I need some people to help me just declare in this place here today that we are setting forth a precedence for those who come after us. We're setting a, a, a new lineage, a new path, a new way. We're making it clear. This is the way of life. Walk in it. So, Father, I thank you now for the gift, not just of salvation, but the transformational power of sanctification in our lives. We're not going back. Amen? It's Baptism Sunday. There are people in this room here today who are going to make a declaration to the world. I follow Jesus, and I'm not going back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. So I've got just a handful of minutes. I've got to be quick about this. Yeah, right. Y'all know me better than that. So before I get into the Word today, let's go ahead. I, just, I want you to know that God is the one who opens doors. And when God opens a door, it's, you know, I mean, He really opens a door. Can I get a witness in the house here today? Miss Kayla, got that video for him real quick. You know how this goes. Lord, bless me. I need you to open a door for me, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's just how it works with God. Amen. Matthew chapter 3. I want to focus on the baptism of Jesus. Verse 13 says this. When Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. So John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. Everyone say, heaven was opened. See, when God opens a door, whoo, I'll get to that in just a moment. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting on Jesus. And a voice then from heaven said this, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Let me just go into the next chapter. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to come down here. Might as well. I can't see you, and plus you look, you look, yeah, you look better now I can see, okay? Those lights on that stage are bright. Verse 1 of chapter 4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 
by the devil. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the insight and revelation, the direction, the reproof, the correction you have for us today through your scriptures. Now, Father, may everyone's heart and mind be open to what you are saying. May we hear your word clearly today, powerfully today. Speak to us, Lord. Let us see that you are for us, that you love us. You have a plan for us. You want us to follow in the way that you've made. You're not a psychotic God who's all over the world saying, follow this way, follow this way, follow this way, follow this. You made the way through Jesus Christ. Help people to recognize this today and to walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we see here, according to Matthew 3, that John is baptizing. And John had a baptism of repentance. It's what the Bible makes it clear. He would bring people to the water. They would come to the water and they would be baptized for repentance. So why does Jesus show up? I mean, Jesus was perfect. There's nothing about Jesus that was sinful, nothing about his, his nature, his actions, his, his thought life, his words, nothing about Jesus. He was perfect in every sense of the word. He was without sin. He didn't have anything to repent from, and yet he still says, I need to get baptized. I, I was always, as a child, I was always curious as to why. Why would Jesus get baptized? And he actually answers that in verse 15. Verse 15, he says very clearly that, I have to do this to fulfill all righteousness. The righteousness that's before the law, the righteousness that is of the law, the righteousness that is going to come through me because I will fulfill the law, so I need to fulfill all righteousness. Here's what I want you to see. Whenever God calls something his, he actually calls it out of the water. Think about it. Think about it. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the next verse tells us that the earth was without form, okay? And it says that the Spirit of the Lord literally hovered over the... But then God speaks because he's got something else in mind. He says, this is going to be mine. So this watery substance known as planet earth that was covered with water, he speaks to it and calls forth dry land because it belongs to him. So if it belongs to him, he's going to call it up out of the water. For, just move a little further in Scripture, in Genesis chapter 6, when the whole world is pretty much full of wickedness, save Noah and his family. And what does God do? He literally redeems them by calling them out of the water. He says, you are mine, and so the flood comes, but yet he calls them out from the water because they belong to me. They have not committed themselves to the worldliness, godliness, or godlessness, the wickedness of, of this age. He calls them out through the water. Then you fast forward to, to Moses and the, the, the former slaves of Egypt who are sitting in front of the Red Sea. And, and here comes their former captors ready to, to pull them back into captivity. And God literally performs a baptism right there by separating the waters and having the people pass through. And on this side, they're just slaves on the run. But once they cross through the water on the other side and God destroys their enemies, they now belong to him. They're now his. And he can bring them to Mount Sinai and reveal his truth to them whatever belongs to God he calls it through the water out of the water Jesus hears these words only after God calls him out of the water this is my beloved son he's come through the process if you will of the water he must fulfill all righteousness all of it the law, what predates the law, 
what comes after the law, he's got to fulfill all righteousness. So that day that Jesus steps into the Jordan River, what he's actually doing is he's stepping into the fullness of God's plan and purpose for his life. Can anybody hear God today just speaking to you in some way? Telling you it's time to, time to step into the water. I've got a greater purpose for you. I've got a, I've got a greater plan for your life. It, it, it's time to, to step in the water. Now, here's the crazy thing about this, this body of water. We got that, got that image there, Kayla. If you know anything about the, about the Jordan River, okay, mind you, John is baptizing everybody in the Jordan. I mean, everybody, okay? The, the multitudes are coming to convert. You know, they're coming to repent, okay? So what it would seem like, it would seem that the Jordan River itself is just teeming with the sins of mankind. I mean, just, when I was a kid, we used to baptize people in my dad's pool, and uh, it, was, it was always so funny to see those super spiritual people that I'm like swimming in that afterwards. I, guess, I don't care. Hey, I'm jumping in. <laughs> the point is just simply, if their sins were being washed away by the water, then it would seem that those sins are just sitting there in that body of water. Unless God does things so purposely and intentionally that the Jordan River flows somewhere else. Geographically, the river flows downstream into this body of water called the Dead Sea. Oh, this is just perfect imagery of what God has done with my sins and your sins. Come on, Micah chapter 7, verse 19, he says it just like this. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and cast them, throw them into the depths of the ocean. I just want to take just one moment and just pause and just say, thank you, Lord, that I'm not surrounded by my sins. I'm not surrounded by the things that I've done. But just like the Jordan literally flows downstream and everything ends up in the Dead Sea, so too of all my my transgressions, my sins, my mistakes. God has removed them from me and symbolically throw them into the depths of the ocean. This is why I don't stand here feeling guilty. I don't feel condemned. I don't feel beat down by the things I've done. And you don't have to either. This is exactly what God wants to do for us today. Symbolically, Jesus gets in this, in this water, if you will. And it's... It, it's Amazing to me that as appalling as it seems for him to wade into the, the water where all these sins were, notice that he's exactly where God wants him to be, exactly where God called him to be, right there in that moment. It's appalling. Jesus in the middle of, of this dirty water, possibly surrounded by sin, but right where God wants him to be. Here, here's, here's the life lesson for us today, yeah, life lesson. Sometimes doing God's will. I mean, you're stepping right into messy waters. Sometime doing God's will means you are stepping into troubled situations. That's what it means. That's what it means. But here's what I love about obedience to God. The moment Jesus walks in, fulfills all righteousness, is submerged and comes up, God has to speak to that obedience and say, this is my beloved son. This is him in whom I am well Pleased. Can, 
can, can I just tell you today that if you will be obedient to God, maybe you don't have all the talent, but you have obedience. Maybe, maybe you don't have all the charisma, but you have obedience. Maybe you don't have knowledge of scriptures, but you have obedience. Can I tell you that that's really all you need today for God to be able to speak over your life and say, this is the child that I love. This is the one that I'm well pleased in. See, th- this is what I love about God. He speaks over Jesus before Jesus has done anything. He has not performed a miracle. He hasn't raised anyone from the dead. He's not cast out any devils. He's not even preached any scripture. All he's done is walk in obedience. And God looks at that obedience and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, I know there's somebody in this place here this morning, you're sensing some heavenly kind of approval over your life. And I know you've done some stupid stuff. And I know you've been to places you shouldn't have been. I know you've had to come to an altar multiple times and say, God, forgive me for how I've acted, for how I lived. But you sense within you today there's a God in heaven that is calling you out and say I love you I'm proud of you if you remain obedient no matter what you lack I will make it up for you every time I fail everything that I lack this is why I praise him that he's even interested in me at all (laughs) I'm just grateful just grateful. The Bible tells us that he knows the plans that he has for us. So step in the water. Step into the water. Now, I'm just going to tell you three things and I get out of the way. When God calls us out, there are typically three things that follow. The call out is, the first thing is just the, the announcement. But it's not just any announcement. It's an announcement of sonship. Notice he says, this is my beloved son. It's an announcement of sonship. This is what happened when God calls us out. Jesus didn't become a son at the moment God calls him out. What's actually happening is the Father's announcement is to the whole nation of Israel. This is who Jesus is. This is my son. It's an announcement of sonship. Why? Why does God need to announce his sonship? Well, the truth of the matter is that sons demonstrate fathers. Sons demonstrate fathers i'll say it again sons demonstrate fathers why do you think satan is so hard at work to take out fathers sons demonstrate their fathers this announcement of sonship was not just so that the nation could know who jesus was but so that God could start to show them something he'd never shown them before. See, before he could part the Red Seas, but now he's going to show them all I could do is just speak to them, and they calm down. Before, I would command them to love me with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their strength, and to bring all their tithe into the storehouse, to make sure that they love and that they give. That's how they knew God before. But all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and he demonstrates, if you will, he is literally the the announcement of the Father. And so at one time, when I was just called to love God, now God demonstrates his own love for me in this. While I was still a sinner, Jesus dies for me. Sons, demonstrate their fathers. I'll give you a case in point. My oldest son, Justice, he attends a rural Christian school. And I actually, I teach there. One, cl- one class a day. One class a day. That's all I can handle, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> one class a day. 
so at the, at, at the end of, of last year, it was so funny. At the end of last year, I wasn't at one of these events, and the sound guy that I had, he, he, was, he was a cool guy, but he was like, he just liked his space. Yeah. Well, he's back in the sound booth all by himself, and my son goes back to help him out. Okay? He's just the helper. Justice goes back to help him out, and the guy's like, nah, get out of here. I don't need any help. I don't want anybody up here. And just like, no, 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 I'll help you. I don't know prob at all. And the guy's like, I don't want you. Get out of here. And so here's what Justice says. He just looks at him and just bold face says, don't you know, my daddy runs the school. <laughs> I'm there one class a day, <laughs> and somehow I run this school. Now, when I found that out later, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my boy right there. Okay? The best part for me isn't knowing how he mouthed off to a fellow student. The best part for me is what I constantly hear from teachers and students around, that he demonstrates the love of God. He's godly in what he says, godly in how he acts, godly in how he responds. That makes a father proud because a son demonstrates a father. Woo, praise the Lord. I'm not saying your kids are going to act crazy because you're acting holy. What I'm ultimately saying is that you will get it instilled into their thinking. If you keep demonstrating what godliness really looks like, they'll begin to understand this is who I need to be as well. We got enough crazies out there. Come on. We got, we got enough wild, godless kids out there anyway. We, we, we need some godly young men and women that are being raised up from godly parents who say, my children demonstrate what they see at home. This announcement of sonship. Let, let me continue on. Because what follows that announcement of sonship is Jesus is announced as his son, and then he's tested. It's the testing of sonship. It always follows the announcement of sonship. You really want God to call you out and say, that's my beloved son, that's my, my beloved daughter? Yeah, I, I want God to call me out. I, I want that. Well, then look what follows. Immediately, the Spirit of God leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, not just by any demon, by Satan himself. See, with any announcement from God comes greater visibility. With that greater visibility will come a greater testing. Do you really want to do more for God? Do you really want to be visible for God? Because greater visibility means greater testing. See, literally as soon as God calls out Jesus, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness, and the enemy starts drilling him with this one question. If you are the Son of God, if you are, I know there's men and women in this room that can testify to this. You felt the enemy come at you and attack your identity time and time and time again. If you really are holy, if you really are set apart, if you really are loved, why has God let you go through this? If you really are one of his own, then why are you suffering in this way? If, if there really is a God, hmm, I heard that announcement of what I'm supposed to be, but now I'm going through a period of testing. See, here's the thing. Most of us, all of us have been called by God, but let me be honest. You know, most of you are stuck right now in the testing. In the testing. And we can really always respond one of two ways to testing. Okay? We can respond like sons, or we can respond like orphans. Orphans don't know who they are. They don't know where they come from. Orphans don't... 
Don't have someone to look up to and model. Someone to turn to when the times get tough. And, and who do I trust? I've seen the spirit of, of orphan hang on way too many Christians. And they get stuck in this testing period. When, when that's, that was just a, a step, if you will, a, a phase that we're supposed to go through. But I understand why so many get stuck in the testing because we don't know who we are. But real sons understand they have an identity. The real sons understand that my father is great and, and, and my father's going to provide and my father's going to bring me out of this and I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress. I don't have to freak out. My father's got this. But, and, and so to be honest, honest with you, if I've got any real sons in the house, any real daughters in the house today, I, I look at your life and I, I can see if you're really a son or, or an orphan just based off how you act in a couple of situations. Like, how about when somebody gets promoted? Orphans, they get upset and get jealous. And what about me? And what about my time? But sons are just like, I'm committed to seeing somebody else become everything God wants them to be. Real sons celebrate when somebody else gets promoted. That's, a, that's one way I can tell. Another way I can tell if you're an orphan or a son or not. Orphans manipulate. Orphans throw fits of rage, anger. Orphans act foolish because they don't know who they are. And so they feel the only way they can get ahead in life is to take matters into their own hands. And they'll do it any way that they can. But sons just relax. My daddy runs a school. It's all good. It is all good. Sons rest knowing who they are. One thing I've really noticed about the difference between those who are orphans and those who are sons is actually how you treat children. If children don't like you, it's because you don't know who you are. Oh, think about it. Think about it. What about Jesus? They were literally pulling the kids off of him because they loved, they loved. Real sons attract the children of God because Children are what make up such is the kingdom of heaven. And so if you don't like kids, I question your sonship. I'm about to get some CIA helpers after today. I'm about to grow the children's department, praise the Lord. Orphans, they repel kids because you don't know who you are. There's no confidence in who you are. There's... There's no attraction to you as an orphan, but real sons, trust me, children are drawn to them. When I get, whenever I get the chance to ever stand out in the hall and, and love on people, I know I'm a son. Not because you tell me, Pastor, I appreciate you. Thank you for praying for me. Because your kid will come up and grab a hold of my leg because they see Jesus. Because they see what a son, a son, sons, daughters attract children. Do I got any real sons in the house? Any real daughters in the house? I'm about to find out after church if your kids actually like you. <laughs> Basically, here's what I want to tell you. That testing that you're experiencing, it's actually a compliment. If you're going through a testing right now, it's actually a compliment. It just proves that you're called by God. In fact, what I want you to do is I want you to see the testing as confirmation. If you're being tested right now, see it as confirmation that I'm called by God, I'm destined by God, and I'm actually walking in his will. It was the spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness. It was the will of God that he be tested in this way. It's confirmation. God ain't mad at you. God don't hate you. God hasn't forgotten about you and your testing. Okay. 
If anything, let it be a confirmation that I'm walking in his perfect will for my life. Amen. Last thing, last thing I want to tell you. The announcement of sonship is followed by the testing of sonship. But after that testing of sonship comes the demonstration. The demonstration of who we are as sons and daughters of God. Now here's what's so interesting to me. Luke's account of Jesus' baptism says this. It says that Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Then he went into the wilderness. Then verse 14 says that when he returned from the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Spirit. He's announced, he's tested, and now that he's passed the test because he knows who he is, he can now demonstrate to the world around him the authority that is on his life. See, this is why some of you need to get through this testing period right now. Because God needs to use you to demonstrate sonship to the world around you. Can I get an amen? So Jesus is filled with the Spirit of God. He comes out of the wilderness, comes out of that testing, now filled with the power, walking in the power of God. And over the next three years, Jesus now is demonstrating what is the heart of the Father to the people in the nation of Israel. And he does this through supernatural demonstration. He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. He's literally bringing people back from the dead. He is demonstrating, if you will, not just the power of God. I believe ultimately he's demonstrating the heart of the Father. God, see, miracles are not just God saying that this is how strong I am. Miracles are saying this is how much I love you. A healing isn't just God has power over sickness. God is saying, I love you so much i don't want you to live the rest of your days bound up by this you've got to know the demonstration of his power isn't just a show off his might it's a show off his love and real sons demonstrate the love of the father it's my privilege as a child of god to demonstrate his love everywhere that i go here's what i believe I'm going to wrap this up. I believe that God is right now calling forth sons at an unprecedented rate. I mean, some of you right now, you've only been in church a handful of months, and you've just elevated. You've grown so quickly. You walked in here a slave to sin. You walked in here an orphan, if you will, spiritually. But you found Jesus. You found life. You found hope. And in the process of this, God is just calling you forward. Calling out his sons and his daughters. And here's what's going to happen next. He's going to start promoting you. Visibly. In front of others. I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. But I, if you sense this in your spirit, this is me. God, God is calling me to step into the water. God, God is calling me forward. He's got a greater plan and destiny for my life. And I, I can't go back to how I once lived. I can't go back to, to how I once acted. I, I can't find myself going back to, to the old habits that were part of my nature at one point. I've been redeemed. I've been changed. God is calling me forward. I, I just, I, I just want to know, can anyone sense in their spirit, God just, God just tugging at something on the inside saying, I want to promote you to, to greater visibility. Yeah, I, I, I'm afraid of the testing that's going to come, but I, 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 I sense it. God is calling me to, to greater visibility. If that's you, just for a moment, just lift your hand and say, yes, Lord, I hear you. 
Yes, Lord, I will respond. Amen. Come on all over this room. Yes, God, I, I will concede. Yes, God, I, I will give in to, to your ways, to, to your will, to, to what you have for my life. Right, let me wrap all this up. Let me wrap all this up. Let me wrap all this up. The reason God is calling forth sons and daughters is so that he will be known. It's so that the Father will be known through his sons, through his daughters. And so the Father will be known in the city of Aurora. So he's calling out his children, calling us out today. Here's my last observation. I'm going to wrap this up. Mark's account of Jesus' baptism is different than, than the other accounts. I don't even know if I have this verse or not, but it says this. Because Jesus' baptism in, in, in Mark's account the Bible says like this, it says, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens, there it is, being torn open. The heavens being ripped open. This wasn't some gentle wispy wind. This was violent. This was a violent kind of wind. Okay, literally, this, this, this kind of heavens being ripped open, if you will, happened again when Jesus breathes his last breath. And the Bible tells us in Matthew that violence began to happen because the heavens that were opened now cause the veil to be torn and the rocks begin to break apart and the ground begins to shake because the heavens were literally opened up over Jesus that day. And here's what you've got to know. The heavens that were torn open 2,000 years ago have never been closed since. You've got to hear me. What was opened up over Jesus' life 2,000 years ago have not been closed since. God, God is not the... When God speaks, open that door, baby. God leaves that door open. He's not in the business of, of running around and, and opening up opportunities only to slam them in your face. The open heavens over Jesus empowered him now to heal the sick. Empowered him now to preach the kingdom. Empowered the open heaven over Jesus allowed him to kick out all the power of Satan everywhere that he went. That open heaven that was over Jesus is still open today in 29. And you've got to know that door is not going to close anytime soon. Do I have any men and women that want to represent as sons and daughters of the Most High God and make it clear to the enemy at this time period, in this day, the heavens are open and nothing is impossible. Nothing. Literally, literally. The heavens were torn open at Jesus' baptism, and they could never be closed again because of what he did on the cross. Let me show you what I mean. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that was his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold on swervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is 
faithful. Somebody put your hands together and rejoice. What God calls, He calls out of the water. When He announces, I may have to go through testing, but once I pass the test, I am ready for the heavens to be open to demonstrate His love, His grace, His strength, His might, His power, His healing. To this day and age, the heavens are open, fam. The heavens are open. See, Jesus didn't just die to redeem us and then reconcile us, us to God for later enjoyment. He didn't just make a way to heaven when we die. Jesus brought heaven to us. John 1.50, he said this to Nathaniel. He said, you're about to see greater things than that boy. I say to you that you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Once Jesus was baptized, those heavens were torn open. And whatever God opens, you need to read your Bible. Revelations 3. Whatever God opens, no man you hear me city of aurora what god has opened up over this city what god is pouring out over this city no one can shut it off literally the salvations that are going to happen in this city at an unprecedented level i need somebody to believe with me for just a moment i'm talking about your neighborhoods i'm talking about your communities what god is going to do over the city of aurora he's already opened it up no one can shut it now i i know the enemy's trying and he's fighting and we're going through a testing but we're about to come out of this testing as sons and daughters and it's going to be clear as we demonstrate the love of the father to this city as i close this out i want to stand your feet with me just for a moment I believe in a God who doesn't have bastards. I don't mean to put it that way, but I kind of do. God identifies himself as a father because of Jesus. He's no longer distant. He's no longer far off. And what's so amazing to me that day when Jesus was baptized, it wasn't just in water and it just wasn't in the Holy Spirit. He was baptized in the Father's love. This is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. I don't know what your relationship was like with any father or father figure in your life. But if you just need the love of the Father poured out over you today, if that's you, just raise your hands for a moment and say, yes, I just, I need, the, I need a fatherly kind of love today. I've been lacking, I've been mis maybe I never even had it. Maybe it was just misrepresented in my life. But I need the love of the Father. This is what God wants to baptize us in today. He wants to baptize us in His unfailing, amazing, forgiving love. So Father, all over this room, I just, I just ask you to pour that love out upon these men and women especially those who have their hands raised saying I just, I just need the love of my heavenly father 
Touch them, Lord. Touch them with your love. In fact, much like I do with my children, Heavenly Father, wrap your arms around them. Embrace them today, Lord, in your love. Embrace them today in your truth. Oh, Heavenly Father, baptize them today in this amazing love. Thank you, Lord. You're revealing yourself today to many women who really want this. If you're tired of being a slave, it's time to be a son. You can be a son. If you're tired of being an orphan, you don't have to stay that way. You can be a son. I'm not talking about your, your physical anatomy right now, women. You, you can be a daughter, fine. I'm talking about your identity. That's what I'm speaking to today. Identifying yourself as one who belongs to the Father. One who belongs to the eternal Father. So, Father, thank you what you're doing right now for some of these, my brothers and sisters. is letting them know who they are. Who they are. Who they are. In fact, I just, by the Spirit of God, I break that orphan spirit off of your life today. I break it off of your mind today. By the Spirit of God, I call it out. I call it out. Those of you who always, you're so jealous. I call it that orphan spirit. You, you're jealous because you don't know who you are. That's why. You're always trying to compare and compete because you don't know who... Listen to me. It's not because you have a competitive nature. It's because you don't know who you are. Sons, hey, I can, I can lose a basketball game and not lose my mind or my salvation. Hello. Because I know who I am. I know who I am. This game does not define me. My father defines me. Let me take it a step further. The situation, the problem, the, the pain, the relationship struggle that you are facing here today. You've got to know. Orphans try to manipulate. Orphans, the orphan spirit tries to get you to, to, to throw a fit and, and do everything you can in your power to make things happen the way you want them to. That's the orphan spirit. I break that in the name of Jesus. Because a son says, I know in whom I have believed in. And I'm persuaded that he is able to take care of me, to keep anything I've committed to him. I can trust him as my father. When my kids have bad dreams at night, they come and get daddy. When they're getting on each other's nerves and they get into fights, they come and get Daddy, sons, no, I can't do anything about this anyway. I'm going to turn over to the Father and let him step in and do what only he can do in this situation. Got any sons in the house today that just want to trust God on that level. Daughters of the Most High God, I'm just going to trust him today. I'm going to trust his love today. I'm going to trust his power today. I'm going to trust his plan today. Father, thank you right now. The people in this room, they're just, they're breaking off that orphan mentality. They're coming, literally breaking off the chains of their slavery. And they're walking into sonship through Jesus Christ. I think it's happened all over this room today, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God is calling forth the sons. He's calling us forth. Last thing, last thing, because I got to move on. 
if you are in the middle of a testing right now and you've been there too long, just go ahead and identify yourself. Yep, I've, I've been, I've been, woo, good Lord. They was testing me on the way to church today, Pastor. <laughs> Keep your hands up for just a moment. You're in the middle of a testing right now. The testing of your sonship has followed the announcement of it. And if you've been in this period for too long, Father, may they, may they do what Jesus did when he was tested. May they speak the word. May they declare what the word of God says. In spite of how it looks, in spite of how they're being attacked, may they declare the scriptures into that situation. And here's what I speak to you right now. I speak to this, this testing of your sonship. And I say, may this... May God give you the strength and the wisdom and the word to pass this test so you can graduate into the demonstration of his sonship. Here today, we're walking out of this room, ready to impact this city because the heavens, ready to impact our family because the heavens have been, to impact the world around us because the heavens have been opened up. We'll get one more on that in the next couple weeks. We're getting ready to do right now. He's getting ready to baptize in water. Men and women in this room who are making it clear to the kingdom of darkness, making it clear to their past, I don't follow you anymore. I follow Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.